Welcome back to another edition of the Hooper's Almanac. On today's episode, I'm going to be talking about how much I love the Denver Nuggets because they're up 2-0 to zero on the Phoenix Suns. Uh, everybody was picking Phoenix. They were favored to win this series, and all of a sudden Denver is up 2-0. to zero. Uh, Chris Paul is out for the foreseeable future here. Um, so I'm going to be basking in the sunshine of those two wins while Mitch is hiding in his dark corner after the Celtics lost their first game uh, without Joel Embiid on the court for Philadelphia at home. Uh, so kind of two different sides of the coin there on our playoff second round experiences so far. Uh, touching on those series pretty much in depth, um, but also going to touch on the other two second round series as well. Um, and yeah, that's the pod for today. Just us two finally back in the fold together. So looking forward to it. Uh, before we get going, let's bring in our friends from Green Top. We are back. Mitch's Celtics are down 0-1 at home, facing a Game 2 uh, against the MVP-less Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, Mitch, a tough start to the second round, but it's good to see you again. The last two podcasts, we have been away from each other. I know you were traveling last podcast. I kicked it with Adam. That was a great show. And I know the time before that, you kicked it with the brothers. So um, fin- finally good to be back on a pod with you, man. Yeah, well, don't forget we did have Evan on that one time in between. There was oh, was that the, in between? I thought that, that was, was in between for some reason. Okay, no, no, you're right, but it's okay. It has, but the the, the memory is it, it fails you because it has been that long since we've actually seen each other's faces. Um, I'm doing all right. You know, I've I've I, I'm not gonna lie. The amount of people who texted me last night asking me if I was okay, um, too many. And to be honest with you, like there was pain after game one. But then I realized James Harden had the best game of his playoff career, and it was just Mitchell Sell Sports Karma just coming back to kick, kick me in the crotch. So, um, you know, good for James Harden. I don't expect if, – if, if Embiid misses game two, I expect the Celtics to come in by 30. Not really, not actually 30, but like a nice 15-point win. Like I expect a lot more like actual hustle out of them. Um, I don't want to have to get to it fully because I want to ask how you're doing. Kind of want to see how mm-hmm. everything's been going with you, man. Yeah, no, things are good over here. Um, yeah, I think I was back in Iowa, uh, a few weeks ago when we ended up doing that Evan podcast, you're right. Yep. Now my memory is being jogged. The nuggets <laughs> were in the first round. Uh, I, I, am pretty sure that's just going to be, you know, my barometer of time at this point is like what right. game the nuggets were happening. I'm turning into you with that sort of memory. Yep. Um, that yeah, overall, memory. yeah, exactly. Overall doing good. Um, yeah, things have been good here. Been hanging out a lot with the dog and, and work's been solid. So um, personal life's been great, but certainly spending a lot of time on basketball, which Madison is loving, of course. But she has started to support me more and more when it comes to Denver. Like last night, I crawled in bed at like midnight and she's like sleepily asking if the Nuggets won. So, you know, it's 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 definitely those memories that are that are worth all this time. Dude, no, I was over at Susanna's house watching game game one and her dad was all into it with me. Like it was that's awesome. And yeah. because the man he's he was like he was just in Phoenix uh over the past week and he was like, I've watched more basketball over the past two weeks than I have in my entire adult life. I was like, Okay, I'll take it. I'm glad I could uh, be a supporter of that. Uh <laughs> because but yeah, like Susanna will be hanging out and she'll come she'll come over and she'll be like, All right, what NBA game's on tonight? I'm like, Right. What? I'm like, okay. Cool. So 
I yeah. uh, it's pretty exciting because she knows whenever this is over, I'm gonna have to repay her and watch yes. about 14 different other shows slash movies that are to her liking. So I'm I'm yeah. fully prepared for the uh, not the repercussions, but the uh, rewards for her uh, that come from this. <laughs> Yeah, everybody is going through that right now. I know Evan also sent us a picture. It's like, this is sacrifice. And it was him watching the game on his phone and in the background with some sort of, I think it was like a nature documentary or something. I I, I don't honestly know what Rachel's into, but I would have been loving both. Um, right. I'm always trying to get Madison to watch like all these nature shows. And she's dude, accident. Planet Earth? Yeah, or, dude, or, like Planet Earth, big, you are Earth like show? Guy. Yeah, you well, know where we watched that? they came out with this prehistoric dinosaur show on apple tv that i just can't wait to watch yeah it's like a cgi dinosaur thing i'm very excited about it oh all right then i will uh you'll have to give me the uh preview for it let me know because i'm interested which speaking of previews that's one thing we will be doing we're switching our end of end of show segment up at the end of which will nice little uh greeny tease for you there um That's, but that's not, next, right? But not. <laughs> but what's not a greeny tease is how much, uh, how much the Celtics uh, lost. How I felt last night when the Celtics lost. Um, for those of you who lived under a rock, um, the Celtics lost last night in uh, to a Joel Embiidless who won MVP today. Shocker. Um, uh, Joel Embiidless Sixers team because James Harden had the best playoff game of his entire career. I told Aaron I'm going to keep this short, and I will keep it short. Did the Celtics play defense last night? No, it was miserable. There was no defense played by either team. The Celtics shot 60% from the field. They shot 70% in the first half and still lost the game. Um, I think in the first quarter, they shot like almost 90%. They were they were 17 of 20. That's, and that wasn't were, just like a lack of shots because nobody was getting to the line either early, particularly. Mm-hmm. More free throws came down the stretch. Right. Obviously with garbage time, but then also the Celtics were getting to the line pretty well toward the end there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, early on, it was just like everybody was making shots. I wanted to bet the over in that game, but I was just weirded out that Embiid wasn't there. And I wasn't sure how the pardon was going to look specifically. Right. Because um, it's kind of well known that everything's going to go through him at this point with Embiid off the floor as as much as we like Maxi. Um, yeah. I think Harden just is more capable to actually run an offense, even if he's not the one scoring. But he was the guy scoring last night, Mitch, as you know, 45 points, man. Uh, And the crazy thing, and I'm going to let you get to your rant here, but the crazy thing for me was just how he did it. Like, I was texting you. I think it was the closest we've seen to vintage Harden in a while Mm -hmm. without the free throws. That was the only differential. But he still was getting in the lane and he was getting mid-range jumpers like in the first round, late in the season even throughout most of the season, like he was pretty much limited to three point yeah. barraging and he still took a lot of threes, but he was much more active in the mid range and the paint, which I, I thought was an interesting sign for sure. Well, here's the deal. I mean, the reason why he, I, another reason why he probably hasn't done it as much this year is because their best player plays in the mid range and in the paint. Like they, yeah, like Embiid isn't stretching the floor like a Brooke Lopez would. Um, it's not like he's asked to do that. He's asked to be who he is because he's the best player on the court for the Sixers team. That being said, Harden looked incredible. Um, Rosillo had some crazy stat today, like 20 of his 24 shots or whatever it was, like only four of his shots were wide open. Like most of them were contested. Even that Al Horford contest at the end of the game, which, man, that was, if there's, that was a crazy shot. Oh, it was ridiculous. Harden was incredible last night. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. 
Defense on both teams was just not there. And the fact that Jalen Brown disappeared in the second half, only taking two shots in the entire second half was ridiculous. Um, yeah. yeah, not great. Jason Tatum played great. Jason Tatum played great. Um, but your Jalen Brown stock did not go uh, very high in that second half. I'm, I'm not Well, he you. started the game so great. I was right. like, all right, the Jalen Brown game. And um, yeah, he just fell off. I think he had the 12 of the first 14 or something yeah. like that. And Tatum worked his way in very naturally and ended up becoming their guy. 39 points, very efficient shooting night all across the board. Yeah. The thing with him that's so great and why I, I think he's the he's certainly the better player at this point. That's never really been my argument. I think he played better. Jalen Brown played better in the finals last year. Sure. And at certain points in the playoffs, I think that was true. But yeah. Jason is not just limited to scoring. Like he's grown so much as a passer. He mm-hmm. takes care of the ball much better. He's a better rebounder. Defensively, mm-hmm. I would say they're pretty even. I think yep. um, at times, I mean, I saw Jalen got cooked by James Harden on a drive earlier uh, last night. That It's like his, yeah. or, I was shocked by Harden's foot speed because you think Jalen Brown would be able to yeah. stay in front of anybody athletically. Um, so I don't know who that says more about, but um, yeah, for sure. A Brown falling off definitely had a factor, um, but I, I just wasn't really impressed at all with what they did defensively. Like, I thought this was super predictable, Philadelphia's approach to this game. It's not like everybody else was lighting it up, like um, for Philly. I mean, they needed really good performances for Melton. They needed really good performances for Maxi. They got both, but um, generally it was the James Harden show, which I off pick and roll and off ISO, which should be pretty predictable and easy to throw different things at them, which they just never really did. I am, I am of the belief... And especially when it's a guy like James Harden who just continues like run it if they run a pick and roll and the guy just sidesteps and stays outside the three point line, find an effing way to get back. Like don't always switch it because then Horford's gonna get stuck on an island. Like he did great. He did great in that last I said it before, he did great in that last contest. There were some possessions where you could see he just easily got blow, blown by. But man, there are just so many times I'm like, God, if Marcus Smart, if Malcolm Brogdon just stick stick on him, I'm I'm happy if Jason Tatum just is stuck on him. I'm a happy man. Derek White uh, looked a little weaker. I would say would be the word against Harden because mm, yeah. I loved I love what White has done just in this entire year. Trey Young a perfect matchup for Derek White. Harden is a little different, a little more shifty, a smarter player than Trey Young in my mind. Um, Harden's but, just short. Uh, Trey's just smaller too. So like Derek White, yeah. who's like what six? He's taller, six four, six three. Yeah, yeah, six three, six four. Yeah, I mean the height differential plays a factor there for sure. Absolutely, absolutely agree. And like Derek White was one of the best defensive guards in the year of of this past year, but for us not to play him at at, near the end of the game was kind of tough to watch. Not, but when Malcolm Brogdon also has twenty points in the game, it's hard not to it's hard to take him out. Um, see, I I I mean I know Horford was switched on him, but I also thought when Brogdon and Smart were on him, they also didn't do a good job. Like, oh, absolutely agree. Brogdon could have fought over screens a lot harder. There were multiple possessions where he was lazily getting around it, and that mm-hmm. either put Allen in a bad spot or if he was sticking with Harden, like he was way behind him at that point. And that's kind of what resulted in all those mid-range jumpers. Um, so I I just was shocked that they weren't like blitzing it once or twice, like down mm-hmm. the stretch, especially. Like I get if you don't want to show that the whole game. But if you throw it to him in certain spots, like end of shot, late shot clock possessions, end of halves, end of quarters, certainly the end of the game on that last possession, like why are you just letting him dribble, 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 dribble um, for 15 seconds? I 
I just wish they would have thrown something at him uh, other than, you know, one, somebody just guard him straight up and, and hope he misses. So, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that because like, it's all about t- timing when he comes to Harden. Like he is very good at like throwing you off your timing whenever you're trying to do a contest. Um, it's one of the things that I appreciate that I, well, one thing I hate, but I appreciate about him is the fact that he is very smart when it knows, like last night he took the game, the, what would become one of the, the game or the lead taking shot uh, with seven seconds left on the shot clock. It was, mm-hmm. it was still pretty, it was very impressive. Um, here is my thing. You don't want to know why I'm not worried about this series airing yet. Hmm. I'm going to look back to last year, look back to last year. Celtics lost game one to the Bucks in Boston. And it was a 14 point loss. What did the Celtics do? They came back and won game two in Boston. Um, and they shit pumped the the Bucks. I'm expecting now, was there a coach difference? Absolutely. Is Joe Maz proving to me is Joe Maz continually proving me wrong that he was better than Emay? Absolutely. Although I still am back and forth on whether he was better than Emay or not. Um and I and I think now it's back on the side of email was better than him. Mm-hmm. Point being still that I'm not totally. Of course, if we lose game two, I will be downtrodden and pissed. Uh, but I still I'm not lost hope because I still think this team has the ability to make the big bounce back game in here. And I also think they have the ability. This team has the ability to steal one in Philly. Like I think they can still yeah. steal back home court advantage when they go to Philly and game. And it depends on which game it is. I think if they can win two and three, this that's gonna be huge for them. But I, I would love to see them just win one in Philly, whether it be three or four, just needs to be done. But I uh I'm not worried about it yet. I'm not worried about it yet. I will be worried if Embiid plays game two. But I'm not think I don't think he will because they won they won one game and they're like, okay, we can we can wait until we get back to Philadelphia to finally get this guy back out there. Yeah, it's essentially what Butler and the Heat are doing right now. Although Butler wanted to play in the Heat right now, up at halftime or close to close to halftime at least against right. the New York Knicks in Game Two. Uh, but Butler, the, yeah, the Heat are basically like we kind of did our job here. The goal in any two game set on the road is to take one. Yeah, if you're the underdog team, you flip home court. Um, so Philly definitely. I mean, I would be shocked. I mean, this would this would be basically for me. As shocked as Bucks losing game five to Miami, um, or even game four, uh, it, if if Boston were to lose this game two and Embiid doesn't play, because there's no way Harden is dropping 45 again, mm-hmm. and we've already seen that Boston's offense is going to be what it is. I, I think yeah. Philadelphia defensively isn't anything too scary, particularly without Embiid in the paint, right? To be that help defender, um, so. I think I would be as shocked as as I was during that Buck series if the Celtics lost this. I just am confused why the Celtics have been so good at home during the regular season, both last two years, and then during the playoffs they lose these games. They like can never string together home court wins. It's the weirdest thing. They they did it against Atlanta, like losing game game five, right? Like yeah, it's just it, yeah, it's so frustrating. Trust me, you're talking to the Celtics fan. It's zero. <laughs> it is zero fun. Um, but my thoughts still haven't left. I still think we take this in six. Um, mm. I originally had said five. 
still th- I, I will extend it to one more game. I think we take we'll take it in six. Um, one, we'll, we'll take game two. I think we'll take one of them on the road. Hopefully, take game five, and then we'll finish it off in game six. I don't want this to go to seven because I don't think this Knicks Miami Heat series is going seven. Yeah, because if Miami wins healthy. tonight, if Miami wins tonight, this could be over in five. Yeah, I was, I was, I was more confident that New York would be able to make this a ball game, and more in the camp of Miami going back to normal uh, in terms of their shooting, but. Th- all the role players are stepping up. I mean, they're hanging right with a healthy New York team. Julius Randle's back in the lineup. Uh, Brunson's in the lineup. I know both of them are questionable coming in. So, like, they're not 100%, but they're in the bowl game, so no excuses. And they're hanging tough with them. So the role players have played really well for Miami, and and that was my biggest question mark coming into the second-round series, if, if mm-hmm. they could sustain that. So I agree. I would pick Heat and six uh, at, at the – at the lowest, I would have had New York winning the series b- before it started, though. Um, so I, I'm pretty surprised by that one. I and I'm going to be stuck with another f- a th- three third time in four years the Celtics Heat Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> I might not make it through. I might not make it through. If if oh my god, that'd be the and second at that day- point. Like Hero, I don't know Hero's timeline. I thought he was out for like a month or so. Like he could be back. Maybe it'll be a month. It'll be a month. <laughs> yeah, like at the end of the series, maybe. I That would be a weird dynamic to throw in there all of a sudden. Um, yeah, I mean, the, yeah, I yeah, I kind of want to wrap up this first series before I get into the heat again, because like, yeah, they are you're so right. confusing to me. But you and me the both. Thing, the thing I was most concerned about for the Celtics was like, obviously, the defense is the easy thing to pick apart, but sure. I kind of expected that from them to not take things too seriously with them beat out. I yep. see teams do that way too much where all of a sudden the best player that. and the Celtics did it all season uh, in certain weird points. Like, they did it with Atlanta when Murray went out for, when he was suspended yep. for the game and we still yep. couldn't close it out. It, it's so frustrating because we have, you, you're right. We've done it consistently. That's been what we've, we've done that for so long. We haven't, the last time we didn't do that was, Tatum's rookie year and Brown's second year when we were just running through teams into the Eastern Conference Finals to lose to LeBron, like we were not worried about stars being out. We were we were the team who had stars out and we were running through teams. So I don't know. It's just frustrating. Yeah, yeah and to that point, like I wasn't terribly surprised by that. That just seems like a cross NBA thing at this point. And even cross sports, like I see that all the time in other sports too. I think mm-hmm. back to like NFL reference, think back to Titans Chiefs when Titans didn't have Tannehill earlier this year and they were yeah. starting Malik Willis in his first NFL start. And basically the Titans handed the ball off to Derrick Henry like 40 times. Right. And they were up until the fourth quarter and the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Like, you know, it just <laughs> some of these games don't make any sense and we make more of it than we should. And that's kind of what I think about this. But the the worst thing and the biggest thing I'm concerned about is not their defense, but their late game offense. Mm. Like. Uh, I, I wrote mm. this down in the final two minutes. They went one for five. They had two turnovers and their final play out of the timeout when they basically like we need to score was give the ball to Marcus Smart in space. And we're going to have two guys in the corner. Marcus Smart's going to do a jump pass. Like basically the play design was just we're going to run, try to run a back pick for Tatum and get the ball to Smart and make him make a decision. Like I want the ball in either Jason Tatum's hands or Jalen Brown's, preferably Jason Tatum's. Yeah. And Smart can be off the ball. And maybe he's open. Maybe he makes a great last second pass like we saw 
against Brooklyn round one last year. Um, He's great at that, but I don't want him starting the possession with eight seconds left. I thought that was the most concerning thing Um, in general execution down the stretch. There were plays where possessions where nobody wanted to take a shot. There was a shot clock violation almost that turned into a layup because Brogdon Mm. threw it away. They were just down the stretch was really bad for Boston. And they had that game in the bag uh, offensively. Like they were turning all game. And then all of a sudden down the stretch, they tightened up. So I thought that was the most odd thing, um, even outside of all the hardened things. So I would keep an eye on that. I'd imagine that changes. But some of those coaching out of timeout situations, you um, you know, definitely a red flag. That's been the issue. Another issue all year. We had email last year and he was good at it. Boston's ran the same play that one play where Tatum is on the other side of the court and he runs like past midcourt and he gets the ball with a head of steam. It's like the Giannis play, except yeah. Tatum can pull back and hit the three like he did against Philly to win it earlier this year. I That's like the one play that's been consistently good. That also was the play where he dunked on Jared Allen and they didn't get a foul call. Whatever, not the point. We're, that's five months ago. Um, but yeah, I, I don't. We're missing the next and O's guy. We're missing Jay Laranega. Uh, uh, shoot, why am I blanking? Not the not the right. day. Well, Jay Laranega is he the son or the dad? I think uh, the Miami coaches. I think Jim, but maybe not. Either one. I we're missing the, the we're J. missing the son. We're missing the son that starts with the J and his last name Laranega because he was the he was the, one of the X's and O's guys for Stevens whenever he was the coach and like yeah. So I don't know. We're missing That's him right. a lot. So, anyways, what, so said, so, what do you think the solution is, or do you think it's just like boss? I think I'm in the camp of I think Boston's a better team generally, with or without mm-hmm. Embiid. I think you yeah. agree with me on that. Yeah, I think this Harden game's an anomaly. Yeah, but what what like what do you think should be the emphasis? I mean, obviously defense. I think there's, I think in turn that means you need to get out in transition because Boston early was getting out in transition and killing them. Right. They only ended up like plus four in fast break points, but Philly is the worst fast break. One of the worst fast break defenses in the NBA. And they're also don't get out and run. Like they play at a slow pace themselves. So like that's, yeah. if you can get stops and get out and run. Um, I mean, I bet that I think is a great recipe and, I, I don't know if Boston did that enough. So that, that could be a recipe for success for them other than just like, and you kind of need stops to do that anyway. So yeah. Uh, improved defense kind of works with that. In tandem. That's I was going to say defense is what's going to get the engine running. Honestly, like they, they had, I'm not sure what the difference is. Cause like, because we didn't have a we we let up so many points to Atlanta. This team's defense isn't as great as it was last year. That's the that's the thing. Yeah. Like the Atlanta been series a, was kind of concerning too. Yeah, right. So we we can score on anyone. It's how can we freaking defend? And we're mm-hmm. and we we are consistently. I want us to the defense needs to the defense runs the engine like I said, because then I'm not worried about stagnant Jalen Brown possessions where he's just dribbling for 20 seconds. I'm not worried about these possessions where Tatum's out, out, and we're worried about Brogdon having to kick it to the corner. And God forbid if Grant Williams could hit a jump shot, uh, although he's shot well, I, I'll give it to him. But man, if the guy could play any semblance of defense, that'd be awesome too, because uh, that's why you want the, the the 15 million a year he didn't get. Anyways, I don't know. It's just. Yeah, the defense is weird because we're going to get into the Nuggets, but like, could anybody have said 
oh, I'm so concerned about the Nuggets except their defense. Like everybody and their mother was saying that. Yeah. Uh, same thing with the Kings. I was honestly pretty impressed with the Kings defense. I thought they were tough. I thought they were physical. It's the Warriors. It is what it is. But like, if you look at the Warriors shooting percentages, they were all down. Yeah. Um, and the Kings held tough. The Nuggets defense we saw in game two, if we want to get into that, was awesome. But like you expect teams like Boston to, you know, statistically, they had a great defense during the regular season. They were sure. the best defense all last year and in the playoffs. And then all of a sudden they come come out like this. So uh, certainly the biggest concern. And I don't know what to attribute that to. Nor do I. And I'm still trying to figure that out, too. Um it seems like there's an effort level that's just not there either, and so maybe that's what it is. Um, and like, but I'm I done. Ta- Marcus was ep- like provided effort. Like everybody, I know you've kind of been down on Marcus, but no, Marcus Smart was great last night, and I I think he was important in the back half of that Atlanta series. The first half of the Atlanta series, it was just screwing with my head. The fact that we couldn't just we were we had Derek White who was averaging twenty a game the first like two games of the series. And I'm like, we need to just keep riding Derek White now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially here's the other thing. End of game scenario. Run the stupid pick and roll where Smart ha- sets the pick for Tatum. And Smart's guy always comes and doubles teams Tatum. Yeah. Smart then gets it in the middle of the floor. And he's one of the best passers at the free throw line. He We surround him with four shooters at that point. It's going to be Brogdon, Brown, and Horford. You have three guys who can shoot a three. Or Smart is smart enough and skilled enough to take anything to the rim. I'm not worried about it, but that should be a play. And yes, it means taking the ball out of Tatum's hands. But God forbid if we can get a, we can get a four on three. I mean, that would just be fantastic. That's what an end of the end of game play is. Not the point, though. Yeah. We're done with that. I am done talking about the Celtics. I wanted to keep that short, and we went 25 minutes with it. Um, oh God, <laughs> it's okay. And I was I want to say this. I don't think I talked for over 10 minutes of it, and I'm okay with that because you were. And I appreciate your insight to keep me calm in this situation. So, yeah, I mean, summary is I think the Celtics win Game Two, and I would still oh, yeah. favor them in the series. But I was seriously concerned about some things too so definitely definitely more to watch yeah absolutely but what we're not concerned about is the denver nuggets aaron uh they're up too well um and listen i want you to know i was riding high i have me and you have been riding this nuggets train i mean you've been you as the nuggets fan but i i have never felt more proud of myself than choosing the nuggets over the suns in this series because i could not believe that people were like, oh, yeah, four guys. It's so great. And then we're going to get mm-hmm. – wait, we got to forget – we forget that Chris Paul is the most injury-prone man not named Anthony Davis uh, come playoff time. So I – congrats to you. You're up 2-0. Chris Paul's hurt for at least the next three games and because he's getting reevaluated in a week. And I, I have – Phoenix will probably take one in Phoenix. This series yeah. could be done in five. This series could be done in five. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if Chris Paul's out through game five, I would I would wager very heavily. I think Denver will win one game in Phoenix. I, I think yeah. everybody's trying to say they're they're a bad road team, whatever. Like honestly, they were only three games under five hundred. Nobody said that about Memphis. Everybody says it about Golden State. But like if you look at the Western Conference in general, everybody's pretty bad on the road. Right. And some of those games were late season when Denver essentially didn't give a shit for like three weeks of the regular season there at the end. Um, So I'm not worried about that at all. They proved they could win in Minnesota at least one game. 
Um, they split that, which I think is also, you know, a, an expected outcome. Yeah. I think, I think at some point Phoenix just shoots better, specifically Kevin Durant. I was shocked at how poorly he shot yesterday. Um, but I thought that in general, the type of game that it was made me more confident that the fact that the Nuggets were able to come out on top, like they won that rough and tumble defensive game. Yes. Both teams were under a hundred. Um, in what was projected to be one of the highest scoring games uh, during the playoffs. Obviously, both teams were on fire um, throughout that first round. Denver was great in game one offensively, but Nikola Jokic was really the only guy on either team who was great offensively. Booker was fine, and certain guys hit shots on Denver, like KC, KCP, a.k.a. KC3, was great. Um, hit four threes, three in fourth quarter. And then Aaron Gordon was great again on both yep. ends, which was huge. But like in general, it was just Nikola Jokic and the defense stepped up. There was something else to this team. Like we just talked about the Celtics screwing around. Clearly the Bucks screw around. Um, I think the Lakers and the Warriors, you could both accuse them of doing that at different points in their series in the first round. Philly and Denver are probably the two teams that have you, you cannot accuse them of screwing around at all in these playoffs. And no, Miami been, would be the other one. Miami would be the and other Miami. One. Yeah, you're right, Miami. Um, but they also got blown out in game two. Um, Good point. Denver, their only loss was in overtime. Philly hasn't lost. And God. during the regular season, like there were times where Denver just kind of mailed it in. And sure. I was like, ah, night tonight, this team is not very trustworthy. But I'm just learning that that's just the regular season. Right. And they're playing with such a chip on their shoulder. The experience differential is obviously showing through um, Mm -hmm. the camaraderie. This team, I mean, they were underdogs to begin this series as a number one seed. Nobody has respected them all year. As a Nuggets fan, I was, was, you know, definitely skeptical. But I was so impressed. Uh, It's always great to see a great Nikola Jokic offensive game because we just, scoring-wise, we don't get that a lot just because he is unselfish and that invites a lot of skeptics about how good he is because it just looks different stupidly stupidly invites these skeptics so i i'm just i'm very happy when he has games like this and it's like no he can drop 40 if he wants uh in a game under 100 points like (laughs) which is makes it even more impressive so uh awesome game i can i can talk about it all night but i mean the first the first three quarters honestly weren't awesome but the fourth quarter was really fun to watch so a great win regardless. And yeah, I think the Nuggets should be definitely moving on in this series. I will say this, and I've, I say I, this is one of the things I live by home games, role players, and role players step up like crazy. That's when you're going to get the most out of your role players. You saw it with Aaron Gordon, you saw it with KC3. I want you to know that I've, I, I bet uh, KCP's over in both in the first game and I, and it hit. Like yeah, his, so oh, his yeah. Yeah, nine and a half nailed, nailed that shit. Wasn't missing yep. that worth a damn. Um, <laughs> thank God Tennessee has some betting for me. Uh, I right. needed that on my car well, ride. Speaking, <laughs> I must say this now that we're on the betting point. I had Kevin Durant hit three threes last night. He oh. shot twelve. He shot twelve of them, Mitch, and he hit two. That I was know. the worst Kevin Durant shooting game I've ever seen in my life. So. I was on the opposite side of the coin. It was kind of like an emotional hedge for me. I was like, well, either KD plays pretty well or we win. So I was still shocked <laughs> right? considering the volume, but yeah. Different yeah it was right. But then what can Brown and Brown do for you? I mean, honestly, Christian, <laughs> Christian Brown and Bruce Brown, both stepping up big. Um, 
for those who don't know, Brown and Brown is a law firm in St. Louis. It's, or it might be nationwide. I don't know. I know it's at least here in St. Louis, but they, they're both not good looking people, but they <laughs> apparently know what they're doing. Um, but my point is still team is very, I mean, they've got great rotation, uh, rotation guys and they've stepped up at home. Mm-hmm. Will the D, the the key to it all is can this defense travel to Phoenix? This defense has played incredible this first two games. Um, you you hit hit the nail on the head when you're talking about Durant um, not looking great last night. You talked about it already. Two of twelve from three, miserable. Um, it is interesting because again, it losing Chris Paul. You're back down to the depth issue, and that's what's going to yeah. screw Phoenix campaign. up. <laughs> right. Great campaign, guys. Oh, my Lord. We're going to get some campaign. It's going to be miserable. We're going to get more of Ish Wainwright, which sounds miserable as well. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, I I will subscribe to the fact that I think this series is going to be won or lost due to the fact that Phoenix traded two of its key pieces and a bunch of draft picks. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just it's for when they were a team with no depth in, at, at that any point this year, and they were just like, yeah, we'll trade away whatever extra depth we might have to get this this guy and have a solid starting three. Because I'm not counting Chris Ball on this list anymore. That I can't I can't rely on him anymore. So great starting three three, and then we'll go from there. But I don't know. This team, this Nuggets team is so much fun. You're right. You got the the abnormal Jokic scoring game, which is awesome. You did have the back down to earth Jamal Murray uh, shooting performance, um, which was unfortunate. Um, but I still think whenever you can have two guys go for thirty in back to back games, that's nice to have. <laughs> well, know. that's what I'm. That's that's what I think is so impressive too. Is we were able to withstand Jamal Murray shooting right. three for fifteen and zero for nine from three. He had maybe the worst half of basketball I've ever seen him play. <laughs> I you mean, were you I mean, were texting the five. We have the our Hoopers Almanac uh, oh playoff group chat, and you you were you were on his head about Profa- uh, profanities were said. It was I was I was so upset in the first half because of course he just continued to hunt for a shot. Adam said this perfectly: is sometimes he just like needs to get into his stuff in his mind, and he forgets about everybody else, and he takes bad shots. Um, and he continued to do that until the fourth quarter. Yep. When he actually was a really good facilitator in the two-man game with Jokic. He set him up a few times. He was able to get his, I think, twice. Um, he had like a floater and a layup. Uh, that's exactly what he needed to do. Um, and I understand why, you know, he continued to shoot. Um, because I do I do like his aggressive mentality. When it goes in, obviously nobody's saying anything, but right. in general, it's frustrating uh sometimes his decision making. So to be able to survive that type of performance is I think says a lot about this team. There are not too many, obviously the Suns can't do that. Right. Right. Uh, If either Durant or Booker is off, they lose. Um, I would say Steph more than likely if he's like terribly off, like Jamal was tonight, which doesn't really happen um, at this point in Steph's career, then the Warriors lose. I think you could keep going down the list. Uh, Maybe the Celtics would be more immune to something like this. Maybe Philly, uh, any team with like two awesome stars like this, I could say, but I just don't think many people expected the Nuggets to be capable of it because they typically didn't have an answer on that defensive end. Um, so, I, yeah, again, couldn't be more impressed with us surviving that. I was 
here, you know, here's my favorite stat. Aaron, how many guys on the Phoenix Suns, they took 31 threes. Mm-hmm. How many guys on the Phoenix Suns made a three last night? I would bet three. Two. And it was the two stars, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. There were only three Nuggets who made threes last night. Jokic. ACP, Jokic, and... Oh, God, who made the third one? Um, probably... Bruce Brown? Nope. It, he he was 0 of 1. Uh, it was Aaron. Yeah, it was Aaron Gordon. Yeah. Yes. Uh one of three. Both these teams were miserable from three. Yeah. Miserable. Um, which that made it a little less fun. However, I still think this this series has been a lot of fun. And it might be a little less fun now that Chris Paul's out. More fun for you because your team's gonna win. A little less fun for the average NBA, the regular NBA nerd who is yeah. just wanting a good series. But I'm excited. Um, nuggets. I'm not gonna. I'm, we're not gonna foreshadow. We're just gonna say, listen. I like where they're at. I do too. Yeah, like I'm, I'm not. I'm not going ahead and buying tickets, buying a T-shirt, anything like that yet, for sure. I mean, it's early. Um, I I find it highly unlikely that Phoenix comes back and wins four or five. Mm-hmm. I'm not discounting completely, but <laughs> I. I I, I think I would bet a lot of money on that not to happen. Uh, I would just say in the second round, I in the Western Conference Finals, if we do get there, you know, definitely won't be a cakewalk. And certainly if they make it to the finals, uh, not a cakewalk either. So a lot of basketball left to be played. Um, but in general, like the defense is the biggest thing. And Aaron Gordon on KD was awesome. Like everybody tries to remember PJ Tucker. Uh, when he was with the Bucks and they beat the Nets in seven, when that first Nets iteration yeah. made a run, and everybody was honoring PJ Tucker, Aaron Gordon's been way better at defending him than PJ Tucker. Like same t- same type of build, I would say is a bit more mobility, honestly, mm-hmm. and he does way more for you offensively. So AG has been the all star for me. I was on the NBA Store dot com like and had an Aaron Gordon jersey in the queue this morning. That's kind of where I'm at. I didn't end up pulling the trigger because I'm going to be Good. out of town, and I was worried that it was going to get here then, but I that essentially can sum up my feelings about him right now. He's been awesome. I'm glad for you, man. I uh, I haven't bought the Jalen Brown jersey yet because I also still don't know if he's going to be here next year. So that's, but you that's can get sort- jersey insurance, so then yeah. you can get a new one. Yeah, listen. I'm still waiting on my insurance in the IT jersey, but you know that ain't ever happening. So <laughs> you need to email them. Oh, good lord! Yeah, email my guys in the Philippines. Yeah, they ain't gonna give me my jersey <laughs> insurance. Um, but no, exciting stuff for you. Mitchell's downtrodden, but we'll be all right. Um, let's hit on the other two series real quick. Um, Miami and New York. It is a two point lead for Miami right now. It just started the third quarter, uh, but Miami coming off an incredible game one win. Um, and who would have thought, Aaron, the uh, savior of the Miami Heat in game one, Kyle Lowry, uh, mm-hmm. four blocks. And I, I think that's been overemphasized a lot, but I'm still going to say it. Four blocks from the 6 1 uh, Kool Aid man. Uh, I was just not expecting yeah. that. Most of those were like block steals. Like they count, True. they counted as a block because he was like going up for a shot, but it was kind of like a swipe down effect, was essentially the, the motion that he made it's not like he was like jumping up and contesting somebody vertically mm-hmm. very different type of block it's like in 2k when they're like barely moving up in their shot motion oh. and you hit the you hit triangle like right when they start it and you get a block 
Um, that, essentially, that's what he was doing. Sure. Um, but yes, still very impressive. Yeah. Anyways, but Mitchell Robinson's for some reason looking like Wilt Chamberlain um, on this next team because mm-hmm. he's getting literally every offensive rebound and every time he gets it, it's just the most ferocious putback on God's green earth. That being said, he just did get scored on by uh, Max Drews. So, you know, I really, I said that like with the worst timing ever. Um, but this is, this is a fun series. But like we said, Joel, I mean, Jimmy Butler's out, sure, for this game. Yet somehow Miami's keeping this close. No part of me is of the belief that New York, New York played incredible and they were the right matchup for Cleveland. This mm-hmm. Heat team, if they can continue the shooting that they have, um, they're getting the resurgence of Duncan Robinson, which scares every living bejesus out of me. Um, it's it's impressive. Um, I don't know. This this Heat team is scary. And when the team we thought was dead and gone, it uh it is impressive. Yeah. I mean, it's just been a bunch of role guys stepping up that I haven't expected to. I mean, we can hit the Jimmy point all we want, but yeah, I, I expected Jimmy to be great. Yeah. Um, I didn't expect him to be as good as he was uh, this playoffs, but he always takes a step up. I'm just as surprised as Kyle Lowry coming back from the dead. Kevin Love, who was traded <laughs> away for a bag of chips back from. The no, dead. no, no, no. Buyout. Buyout. Yeah. There like, was no trade. Even, yeah. So not even like he they basically like handed them cash <laughs> um, said, please take him off our hands. Uh, I don't understand. He's, he's been great. Like. And we just talked about how many uh, Suns made a three in last night's game. Two Suns made a three in last night's game. Six Miami Heat players have already made a three, and we're two minutes into the three minutes into the third quarter. So spreading the wealth, um, Bam Adebayo has been a really good distributor for this team. Yeah. I'm still disappointed with him how he scores. Sure. I just never think he's aggressive enough. Um, like in a game like this with Jimmy out, you would think, all right, he's going to get thirty. It's just not really in his DNA, and that's okay. I just got to accept who he is as a basketball player. But <laughs> he, he's a great distributor at, at that high post. So um, that's been a, a revelation. And the Knicks shooting woes are just you know definitely killing them because the Heat are going to dare you to shoot, and they have not been able to make threes. They've been a little bit better this game. But uh, in general, not a great shooting team. I think that recipe probably falls uh, – you know, is is less effective against the two teams in the bottom of this bracket in Philly mm-hmm. and Boston. Both are fantastic three point shooting teams. Right. So, I, I, if Miami does advance, I'd like to see them play either one of them. But um, it's a great matchup for them in terms of that. I definitely did not see their offense playing as well as they did, but the the defense uh, is definitely been playing as expected. The reason why I think expose a top two coach in the NBA right now is his ability to switch things up. And I think Top he's two and he ain't two. Let's just say that. Yeah. Sorry, Pop. I love you, but he's, you, he's the best coach right now. Right now. Right. Yeah. Pop Pop hasn't made the playoffs in two straight if three straight years. I don't know. It's been a while. He made the play in with DeJounte two years ago. So three straight years he hasn't made the playoffs. Um so I I this heat team Makes makes me want to hurt my brain. Be- I mean, it, it hurts my brain so much because of how like malleable they've been able to play. They can attack the rim. They show that against the Bucks. They can also apparently shoot threes now, which it's it's wild. They were one of the worst three point shooting teams in the league during the regular season. 
they they suck. One thing I will say is they continue to suck at rebounding. That is like their one weakness that they have is their rebounding. Um, and it is because Bam is their biggest guy out there 90% of the time. Kevin Love is not Timberwolves Kevin Love. He will he will have incredible outlet passes. We saw a bunch of those in game one. But, man, the guy still – you can't count on him to get you 10 rebounds anymore. But it's, it is – it's tough because I, I want – I want to see this be a good series, but every part of me is thinking he could have this done pretty quickly here. Yeah, it's looking that way. If Jimmy Butler is back to his old ways, I mean, if he's hurt or like he was at the end of game one, obviously not. It sounds like he was ready to play today and wanted to. Um, So we'll definitely see in game three. I 100% expect him to be in that game. Yeah. Yeah. Miami's got a weird, I mean, they played really well at home in round one. Yeah. They just have a weird home court. So, and the Knicks have actually <laughs> been really good on the road. So I could see New York stealing one there. Sure. Um, so if New York hold on to game two here, I, I don't think the series is over, but based on what we've seen, I would favor Miami. I think they just have way more shooting around Butler. If Butler's back, obviously he's the best player on the floor. Um, it's no longer Brunson as Brunson was in round one surprisingly, mm-hmm. but he was the best player on the floor in that series against the Cavs. Um, and yeah, defensively, I think they're both fairly even. Mm-hmm. But the, the, you mentioned the rebounding thing, and the Heat are actually a really good defensive rebounding team. Sure. They just don't ever look for offensive rebounds. And they, they, just yeah, they get, back. get back in transition, which is like, at least you choose one of them. You could be Philadelphia, which is a terrible transition defense and a terrible offensive rebounding team. And I don't know how they're both. Um with with a guy like Joel Embiid, who you'd think in theory would be like an awesome offensive rebounder, that that is one of the most shocking things to me. But um, you're right, uh, New York should be able to get some extra possessions on the board, so that'll be key. Mitchell Robinson, Julius Randle being back healthy, um, Josh Hart, I would say he's probably the best undersized rebounder in the NBA. Like he's oh my so gosh, yeah, he's like the most aggressive shooting in from three-point line like just crashing the glass so i i think that's a key to win i think you you definitely hit it but they also have to just make their threes uh that that's essentially going to be the the difference in this series in round one miami was the best three-point shooting team by percentage and new york was the last three-point shooting team by percentage so uh if that is the disparity there's absolutely no way new york can win the second i talk about miami's offensive rebounding they've had four offensive rebounds i mean this is my. I swear, I have the <laughs> worst karma. It, it. I. I don't get it. Bam Adebayo just had on the same possession two offensive rebounds. When two of the three offensive rebounds, I don't get it. I. I just suck over here. Anyways, my takes are just retroactively terrible, consistently. Anyways, um, I. But yeah, I'm. I'm glad to know that we both think this Heat team is gonna move on. Especially just I think, veteran presence, guys who have been there. This whole team's been there. This whole team's been to the Eastern Conference Finals before. There's been a bunch of these guys have been to the finals before. Kevin Love, Butler, Bam. This team's been there. So I, I, I'm I, excited to see what happens. Yeah. The final series, Warriors-Lakers. The Probably the series with the most storylines. I'm um, excited about this one. Yeah, and I think the Battle of California, the Battle of Steph versus LeBron, 80, I mean, Steph, I mean, sorry, LeBron versus Draymond, LeBron versus the world. I don't know what you want to go with next, but honestly, it just seems like 
this is gonna be the story. This is gonna be the series of incredible storylines and two different types of way to play basketball. So I don't know. I am I'm excited. And also the difference of a homegrown team slash midseason built differently team, like yeah. midseason switch up team. So we'll see. I'm interested to see how this goes. I I'll start with this. I have Warriors in seven. I have Warriors in seven because this is the series of who will actually make adjustments, which coach can actually make adjustments. And this is Darvin Ham's first year. He didn't have to make a lot of adjustments against the Grizzlies. Grizzlies were just bad. And I want to, and so we haven't really seen how well he can make adjustments as the series flies. Um, So I'm interested to see how that goes. Interested to hear what you have to say first. Yeah, I agree with the playoff or the the coaching disparity. I I think that would go in favor of Steve Kerr for sure. Um, I don't think I've disliked all that Darvin Ham's done. He's had some challenge calls. I think he had a first quarter one in that (laughs) Memphis series. Like, I don't know how this continues to happen. It's crazy. I'm trying to remember one the other day, but it was like a first quarter block charge. I was like, oh my God, why are you using this challenge right now? Um, And I don't know if there's anybody on planet earth who like LeBron would be more convincing if you're a head coach, especially as a first year, you're like, yeah, I'm instantly folding. I don't even have to look behind my shoulder (laughs) to to see what my bench is saying. Like, okay, green light, let's go. Um, So, I mean, there's definitely that part of it, Uh, but uh, I I like the Warriors too. I know one of our friends, Cole Steckline, uh, biggest Warriors fan I know is convinced the Lakers are going to win pretty handily. He thinks AD's rim protection will be huge um, and that his interior defense kind of allows other players to roam around and pick off Golden State passes. And that is my biggest question in this series is can Golden State take care of the ball? Uh, If they don't, I think LA is going to have a lot of success. I I would still pick Golden State, but the turnovers are going to be the biggest thing. And that's historically been an issue for Golden State even when they were winning championships last year was a huge issue. I was flagging it on this podcast during their dynasty with KD and before KD against LeBron, their biggest weakness was turnovers. Um, So that's going to be a huge thing uh, because LA is the best fast break team in the NBA. um, And also just in general, like they um, like if the Warriors keep turning the ball over and they can't get to their half-court offense, like they just start pressing and taking bad shots, and it just keeps on, you know, falling apart from there. So, I, I yeah, I think that's the biggest key in this series is just taking care of the ball. Um, and from there, I think Golden State probably has more talent. If yeah, but Golden State in six is probably my pick. Uh, yeah, Golden State at their best is better than LA at their best. That's where I'll yeah, start. I agree. I agree. The other thing is you're relying. We you you're right, Cole. We were all in that same group chat. Cole brought that up. I then countered with you're expecting AD to stay healthy for all the series. I'm shocked, shocked that the man with how much he fell in the Memphis series that he did not twist an ankle and just be out for the next three games. I mm-hmm. I think God forbid. God forbid Draymond do something stupid. Oh, wait. It's just as a consistent thing. <laughs> Draymond could probably do something stupid. And Anthony Davis might be just the, the victim of whatever it is. Not saying it's going to happen. It's just a 
possibility that continues to come up in my head. Um, but you're right. There is a difference between size in these two teams too. I mean, there's a, a level of physicality that the Lakers seem to have that the Warriors to me don't have. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a level of chemistry that the Warriors have and a level of smoothness on offense. There isn't a time yeah. where I didn't think in this enti- that entire Kings Warriors series with how many times Steph got contested that none of it. I didn't think there was a time he was going to miss. I always just expected him to make it. Clay Thompson too. Yes, he shot terribly in that game seven. Still expected the next one to go in because that's that's the fear that the Warriors have given people over the past half decade. I mean, past half decade, almost decade now. Um, I guess it is. It has been a decade now. Um, so it it is miserable <laughs> to be on the other side of it. But you know, when you're watching it and you're in you're an unbiased fan, it is beautifully haunting. Just so haunting because mm. you're like, holy crap, Steph Curry's gonna take this from the edges of a logo. Uh yeah, it's probably going in. Yeah, I, I don't have yeah. a I whenever Trey Young takes those, I'm like, thank you for taking that. Whenever Dame Lillard or Steph Curry takes yeah. that, I'm like, uh, we're done. So Dame, yeah. Dame two years ago against Denver in round one. Every time he touched the ball, I thought it was going in. Yeah, like that that's... was the most confident. That's how Steph got to in game seven yeah. uh, of this last series against Sacramento. I got to that point with him too. But being the opposing fan is the most terrifying thing ever. Like you just, Denver did everything in their possible, uh, you know, I, they actually ended up winning that series, shockingly. But Denver did everything they could to slow down Dame and it was just impossible. Like he's going to make the, if he's going to make the 35 footer contested yeah. by two guys, like just chalk it in. So it's kind of insane when you see a player get to that point. That was stuff in the finals last year, and I, I hated every second of my life. Um, but yeah, I, I just I stick with the fact that we're asking Anthony Davis, the guy who we've coined day to day Davis, to stay healthy <laughs> this entire series. There's gonna be a game where he's out for half the game, half the game, and he and the Warriors are gonna yeah. take that. So I think, I think that, and it might just happen to be one of the home games in LA. So. We'll see. Yeah. But that, I, but that series hasn't even started yet. We're like still pre-game one of that, and we're just out here talking right. about the ass. <laughs> yeah, that I think game one, we're going to figure out some things, but I also think everybody's going to overreact to that game because what do we know about the scheduling that the Warriors just came off of a game seven and the Lakers have been off for like a week. So yeah. I never know what to think in that scenario. Like I could see it both ways. I could think the team on shorter rest is like fresher and the other team is going to be rusty or vice versa. Um, the thing is like the Lakers maybe weren't prepping for the Warriors the whole time. Um, I would have thought, I think LeBron was like, nah, Warriors are definitely going to win. Like, right. We need to prepare for golden state. I, I definitely think he's probably the person who's like, I'm not preparing for Sacramento. Uh, I'm he doesn't have to Sacramento. prepare for Sacramento. He, he, he would out strengthen everyone on the team. That's I, 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 Sacramento had the worst defensive matchups for the Lakers. What I like about this series is that at least Golden State has a guy for each of the guy that each of the players that LA is going to throw out there. Wiggins and Draymond can guard on LeBron. Yeah, Draymond and Looney can throw a body at um, Davis. From there, you're like, okay, so which of the next three guys? What? Where can I throw Steph? Can I just chuck him on D'Lo? Oh, that'd be yeah, smart. that's a great matchup for him. I, th- yeah. I, th- I don't think this is going to be – I heard somebody say that they think D'Lo is going to have a good series, and I'm like, I never think D'Lo is going to have 
a good series ever. But in this one, like Steph's an improved defender. They have Gary Payton, Dante DiVincenzo. Yeah. Unless Jordan Poole is guarding him. Uh, I, I think D'Angelo Russell's kind of going to struggle. And same with Austin Reeves. Like, at, like we can get into all the nitty gritty, and I think there are some stats that point to either team. But in general, we know who the Warriors' three best players are. I think they have four of the best six players in this series. Mm. Who's who's the Lakers' third best player? Austin Reeves? Like, honestly. Probably, probably like, Austin like, Reeves. Everybody in their mother thinks the Lakers are like, this the Cinderella story and they think they're for real and can win a championship. And I heard multiple people picking the Lakers today and it could certainly happen. But like, I think everybody's has recency bias on what's happened the past month. They faced one of the weakest two seeds I've ever seen. And also an injured two seed in Memphis. Right. I didn't like them when they were healthy, but certainly hurt. Not a very fearsome two seed. Um, and then it's a bad chemistry too. See, as they announced today, they're too. not bringing Dylan Brooks back. Yeah, a lot of off court stuff happening there. Like, just a weird situation. Yeah, it's like obviously the veteran led team is going to figure that out, even yeah. though they're just kind of learning how to play with you know, one another. But like, your third best player is kind of a guy who's in his first full year in the NBA at a high mm-hmm. level. Uh, that's a concern for me when you have a big three that's been together for their entire career. Uh, I so that alone, I think, would make me pick Golden State. I think Golden State is vulnerable. I think LA is vulnerable. They each have different weaknesses. I think LA, as I said, forcing turnovers. If they can get to the line, that's also going to be huge. Like, do you remember all those graphics during the regular season when folks were sharing that about the Lakers' free throw differential? Do boy, do I? They were the they had the most free throws attempted on offense and the fewest free throws allowed on defense. Like the. Oh. Greatest discrepancy you can imagine in the playoffs. That's kind of been muted a bit, but golden state is also really foul happy just as historically, again, one of their weaknesses fouling and turning the ball over, which I would imagine for Cole makes it very frustrating basketball. So they're just the two things that it's like, why do we keep doing this? This seems like a very correctable mistake. (laughs) Um, One would think. Yeah. So it's just like the little things for golden state. They're more talented. They're more experienced. Um, I think they're just as good as LA. If they can control the little things, even if AD is great and plays the whole series, they should win. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, we seem pretty consensus on all four series, and that's what concerns me. So, and I know it's going to come back to bite my Celtics in the ass. So I'm prepared for that already. Um, I, I'm prepared for it to. I'm prepared for the Lakers to win and the Celtics to lose only for it to just end up in my true demise. So um, love that for me. Well, at least we're both wrong then. Not, we can't hang it over each other's heads. Uh, I, I don't know. It's also tough for the series that we already have going because like we've seen Denver twice. Uh, yeah. We've seen most of two games of Miami, New York. Uh, I think the LA Golden State is probably the honest prediction for us. Like that, and I'm the least confident in that one, but since we haven't seen a game of that one, I, th- I think that's probably where we get nipped in the bud. I'm more confident when we've actually seen these teams match up at least once. I'm also going to just say we should stop overreacting to game ones now. Yes. And and, and that's why I will. Uh, that's why I'm not worried about the Celtics series yet. That's that was the story of all of last year. Miami beat the Celtics in game one. Bucks beat the Celtics in game one. I was like, great. 
Now, did the Celtics win game one against the Warriors and then the Warriors came back and won? Absolutely, they did. So, you know, it goes both ways. And um, I was worried about in the Denver series, too, when they yeah. won by 20. Like, and everybody and their mother picked Denver. It's like, oh, my God, I can't believe everybody was picking Phoenix. And it's like, oh, please stop saying that. In game two, Phoenix is going to come back and play really well. And I thought they were going to win that game for three quarters. But, um, yeah, we overreact to game ones way too much. It yeah. It's just... Everybody, everybody wants to, you know, uh, tout their own claim pre-series, their predictions. And, uh, you know, I, I think I tweeted out my analysis of the Denver series after game one and tried right. to see if like some of those stats and things I was watching out for lined up. Right. And what changed and like Phoenix really corrected a lot of the mistakes I saw in game one. Yeah, um, I agree. And I think teams do that a lot. I think Boston's going to do that for sure. New York's so. at least in this game. And I think whatever happens at Golden State LA is definitely going to be different game one, game two. Absolutely agree. Well, I love our breakdown, but we're going to be right back. We're going to bring back, we're renaming Serial and Brews. Um, and we're, and we're going to be back with our new segment called Brews and Reviews. We'll be right back. We are back. Uh, with little reviews and brews or brews and reviews. God, Shoot, you already Irish. fucked it up. God, God, who's shocked? Mitchell already screwed this up. I named it and you butched the opening. You better re- you better cut this and fix it. All right, no, here joking. we go. You can keep it. No, it's actually good. It you actually is. It. It's me just being stupid. Uh, yeah, brews and reviews. We took out the cereal because we couldn't count. We only we could count on one finger the amount of times we actually had cereal um i think aaron <laughs> did pancakes one time instead of cereal that that's a separate how... segment okay it was that, a separate was, in, that was in the that was in the meat of the podcast rather than the end you're um, right you're right and i'm sad to rename it because the whole impetus for naming cereal and brews was because we used to eat cereal together in college uh sophomore year late at night yep uh at least once a week, typically for a nice stretch there. We yeah. did it a little bit in junior year, I think, maybe even senior year a bit. But yeah. um, that was kind of the impetus for it. But honestly, we just realized that we were doing movie reviews and show reviews and all different types of reviews more than we were actually talking about other like life stuff. So yeah. we just thought that it made more sense to probably call it Bruise and Reviews. So here we are. Absolutely. Um, but it's also... Again, still a time for us to catch up. We kind of went over a little bit of how we were doing. Um, I just got back from a, my first wedding of five uh, for the summer. Uh, I was in I was in Louisville. Uh, Aaron and I have already talked about it. It is Mitchell Sells' trip across America. Uh, I did my, my <laughs> Mitchell Sells' trip across the Midwest in December. Uh, now it's Mitchell Sells' summer across the America. Um, and so we started in Louisville this weekend. Um for one of Susanna's best friends got married. And so we were there. Um, but while we were there, Susanna had to go up to, we were in Nashville first. She went to Louisville the, a day before me. So I was staying with one of her best friends um, and her best friend lent me her car for the night. Cause she was out with her boyfriend and like his, her boyfriend's family. And I was like, okay, so very what did trusting. I do? I know she's very trusting. Um, but she's like, and so I was like, you know what? Screw this games. Don't start till, six o'clock i'm gonna go see a movie and in a not so packed uh weird outlet mall um in nashville (laughs) tennessee i went and saw a dungeon you do in nashville you decided you want to go to an indoor movie 
I went and saw the, I had the best burger of my life, Aaron, um, that same day. I'm not kidding you and nor am I over. I am not over exaggerating Jack Brown's in Nashville, Tennessee, um, called the Gary Brady, the Gary Brady, the Greg Bay, one of the, it's a G name Brady. Uh, it was burger, Mm. cheese, mac and cheese, and then barbecue chip. That sounds like a lot. It, Do you remember it, when you ordered a burger at March Madness in Chicago and the burger bun was grilled cheese sandwiches on either side and you yeah, ate that, like 25% of it? Yeah, I want to I want to still point out that I ate more than Kaz that night. I really no, wouldn't. Kaz ate more. That's a full, that's fake news. Kaz, Kaz ate more. I was sitting next to both of you. Anyways, not the point. So, but yes, that <laughs> one was miserable. This Keep one was mind, like. Kaz is 110 pounds. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm still sitting above 200. Um, this the thing is, this burger was not that big. It was about a normal size of a burger. It was like a smash burger, so like it was a thin mm. burger, but still incredible. And fries were great too. It's like in this. It's like this little spot, like in like out on East Na- Southeast Nashville. It was all a lot of outdoor seating. And it was really nice out that day, so we had to sit outside. And it looks. Do you remember uh, the shack at Mizzou? Yeah. Yeah. It would be like the shack if the shack had outdoor seating. Hmm. All right. So that's how I would describe it. Um, a little smaller than that, though. Um, but before, but after that, I went and saw Dungeons and Dragons. Um, people look at me. Oh, my God, Mitchell, are you a Satanist? No. Um, for those who uh, would like to know, it is not for those who are of the 80s or who are into Stranger Things. No. We, 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 we all know that that we are not like those people. Um, for those who don't know, I was in a Dungeons and Dragons group for my first two years of college. Um, then I left and look where those people are and look where I am. Shout out Harley. Love my 5'3 Canadian roommate. Miss that guy. Most he was meeting the Josh Waitsmans of the world. Um, but wait, anyway, was, wait, was, wait, was Corey Davidson in that group? Yes, sir. He was. Uh, oh, Corey, my guy. What, a, what uh, an odd character, but very friendly. <laughs> very friendly, but consistently horny. Um, but it was, it was. So I went and saw the movie, and I will not spoil it for anyone. This is a non-spoiler mo- uh, movie review. I gave it a solid seven nine out of ten. Solid. And I'll, I'll I'd even up it to an eight. Um, cast was great. Great humor. Great action. Great storytelling, um, only is brought down by some cheesiness and um, some unrealisticness of it. But then again, it, it is a little fantasy world, so get the yeah. heck over it, Mitchell. Yeah, un- unrealistic. Uh, what are you talking about? <laughs> right. Um, and here's my hope for it: that if they do another movie, they do it like it's another like, you know how like when I don't know, you've never done Dungeons and Dragons, like a but campaign. like yeah, but if you're gonna do another campaign, if you're gonna do another movie. Do it with new actors. Like this is your one campaign with these characters. Now bring in a whole new set of people to like show off a new a new campaign with like new characters in it. That's what I would recommend if if they continue on doing this. Like I do another Dungeons and Dragons movie. This was a very well done. It was Chris Pine was the only A tier actor. Everyone else was a solid low B minus to a high C plus. Hugh Grant. Okay, Hugh Grant was. You're right. You know what? Thank you for correcting me. Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant is also at the like 
dead near nothing powers though like he he isn't holding on to like he what he was doing like back in the early 2000s yeah he's in some weird show with like nicole kidman that i've seen way too many previews for he had like a a minute blip in uh the second knives out movie um he yeah it's really yeah he's uh the guy who answers the door uh at daniel at daniel craig's house uh daniel craig's apartment oh damn i miss that yeah, dude, right. come on now. Uh, to go back and watch that. Do we ever review that movie? Yeah, we did review that one. Yeah, we did. I think that was one of our better reviews. That's right. Yeah, because we also have done 2001 A Space Odyssey, and we wanted to like pull our eyes out during that entire one. Yes. Um, We've also done Star Wars on here, but we we don't need to go through that one ever again. Uh, we've, we've gone through our list. Um, I think it's okay. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, I, I recommend you going to see it. I this would be a spoiler podcast if you had seen it, but since you haven't, I will recommend you going to see it, and then we can actually talk about it. But I also what I also don't blame you if you just wait till it comes out on Amazon Prime. It's not like you need to see it with the full big screen. But yeah. go to your go to go go to the movie theater we went to to see Knock at the Cabin, um, and then go <laughs> and and you can watch it there. Yeah, I would uh, do a review of that movie. I don't know, and we would have been on the opposite spectrums of that one. Yeah, we would have to see that again. It's been so long, but um, I'm okay. I can remember every second of it because it was predictable shit. I just remember the trailers being the worst trailers I've ever seen in my life during that movie. We, oh, like, I'm pretty sure was Madison sitting between us. No, I, I sat I, on your right. I sat on your right. Are you sure? I, I almost am positive I sat on your right. Okay, because I thought we were like lean, both leaning over Madison, looking at each other, and we were like, "Shit!" Movie. Oh, we like, yes, Shit movie. yes, yes, yes. You're saying, right. And I was like, Shit. "I'm not seeing that." And of course, I see one of those movies later on, Cocaine Bear, which was a ridiculous movie. Um, it was actually entertaining, semi. Um, but it was. Tell one me of you the waited. Trailers. Tell me you waited till it came out of theaters oh, because I'm dating somebody who just loves to go to the movies, and it doesn't even matter what movie it is. Oh my gosh, I love Madison, but. Jesus, girl, we gotta, yeah. we gotta, we gotta yeah. draw a line somewhere. There's she gotta be standards. The and the, uh, and just the experience. It doesn't even matter what it, what's True. happening. So, um, but that's good to know. I mean, I saw the preview and I was intrigued to never play Dungeons and Dragons, but obviously semi familiar with it through you, through Stranger Things, as you mentioned. So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely want to go give that a look. There are some other movies coming up that I'm really excited about, though. Oppenheimer. First oh, and yeah. foremost, that one's going to be great. Uh, the Barbie. new Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, did you say was... Barbie? I did. I did say Barbie. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, how do I log off this thing again? <laughs> Is there a leave button? Did you delete the leave button for me? Oh <laughs> yeah, I've, 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 Barbie. <laughs> no, and, the uh... Guardians of the Galaxy three will be. I'm excited for that as well. Um, did you? I, I need to still go see Air. I still yeah, think that. I do too. I, I don't even know. Is it still in theaters? It is. It is still in theaters. Um, so at our movie theater, they were doing a really cool promo around mm. air. They had like a Papa shot there. And Ooh. if you got like a high score, you got free tickets or something. And oh, wow. um, yeah, that was the time we went to go see cocaine bear. So my hands were full carrying Madison's popcorn and candy. And so I didn't get to do Papa shot, but hopefully it's still there. Um, then I can do it. But yeah, that that definitely looked like a really good movie we're seeing. Yeah, I've I've been on another group chat with the Johnson brothers uh, and their cousins. I don't know how I got into that one, but uh, or like the cousins that uh, Austin's married into, and uh, they saw one of the cousins saw Air twice, 
and he's oh, like wow. it was fantastic both times i was like okay then i just need to go see it um but yeah i uh i this is what what sucks because you know me i keep track of all the movies i watch and this is like my dead period every year is like yeah. when basketball like come playoff time i i'm like struggling to watch movies and when i'm watching movies it's like 9 a.m on a saturday and so i'm just grinding through just trying to figure out which movie i want to choose um Susanna and i had a date night last friday um so and we were watching some of the nba games and then we would like we, we went and we watched a little miss sunshine um mm. which is also a great movie um but it was my first time ever seeing it and so i was like okay i want to if i'm going to watch this movie i'm going to actually devote the time to it and thankfully none of the games were like that great during before the night was over so um yeah i uh this is what sucks during this time of the year for the the movie movie watcher and me so did you ever see um madison's gonna kill me because i'm forgetting the name of it but the movie with uh florence Pugh and chris pine oh um shoot i think the one with harry styles yes harry styles is in it turn around Um, she's right behind you ask her what what is it called don't worry darling that's oh i know i never saw it uh dude see all right this this is one of the things i dislike the most about you I oh. respect I re, I res, I'm just gonna be honest here. I respect your movie opinion very much, and I always watch the movies that you recommend to me. You never watch the movies I re- recommend to you. I have definitely mentioned this movie multiple times to you. I mentioned the B.J. Novak movie that you did not give a fair shake to. I, I you know what I forgot to tell you. I did go back and watch it, and it was, it was all right. It wasn't like right. it, it wasn't yeah. it it wasn't by any any means spectacular. I gave no, it like a no, five six. Yeah, I didn't say it was spectacular. I was surprised. I was like, I thought this was going to be a shit movie I'm watching on an airplane just to pass time. And I was surprised. That's all it was. Okay. I was like, hmm, I, I feel like as a lover of movies, you might appreciate this more than the average person. Okay. So that's all. But um, in in general, just maybe <laughs> try to watch the movies I recommend to you. Madison does the same thing. Like music, movies, yeah. shows, just like, nah, I'm good. And that's and that it, it it it's not just you. It's my family too. Like my family, I, it took me a whole like first season of Ted Lasso to finally watch it. Like my family had recommended me watch Ted Lasso, and I'm like, eh, whatever. Or like uh, Stranger well, Things. Neat. Stranger Things. Yeah. Like I had to have someone like convince me to watch that or listen to. I'm trying to think of music. Music I'll listen to. Usually that one that that one's fine. But like it's TV shows and movies because I like it's like. The mental side of me, I'm like, I want to be the guy to recommend them. I don't want anyone else damn recommending to me. But also, Susanna went and saw Don't Worry, Darling, and she wasn't like a massive fan of it. So that's why I was like mm. hesitant to watch it. But if you're recommending it to me, I will I will sit down. She's gone for the weekend seeing T-Swift this weekend. So I have some time on my Saturday <laughs> and Sunday mornings. Uh, I- yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to spend. I'm going to the Cardinal game Friday night. Maybe I'll watch a late night movie. Or an early Saturday morning movie. All right. Does Sus- does Susanna listen to these episodes? Every now and then. <laughs> does she does she like um like Christopher Nolan movies? You know it. it to be honest with you, she's never seen a Batman movie. Okay. But um, like the she, other ones. She. I don't know if she's seen she she's not as big of a movie person as I am. She has okay. her movie loves that she like she's of course seen a bunch all the Disney movies. She has four year old nieces that she's had to watch every Disney movie like ten times over. 
yeah. but she's she's not as like like okay she loves interstellar she has seen interstellar and that's like one of her favorite movies okay. Because you mentioned the T-Swift thing, and I love Susanna, but I would say generally the Don't Worry Darling crossover demographic audience they're trying to reach is probably not going to a Taylor Swift concert or watching well, Disney Taylor movies. Swift is like, her favorite act, singer of all time, so it's like she, okay, she'll pay drop do, do, she'll pay top dollar to go see her. She's literally going to be five rows away from Taylor Swift on, on Friday, God, on Saturday. Not a cheap ticket. Uh, no, it was not. <laughs> uh, yeah, but anyways, like I would put this surprisingly more in the Christopher Nolan camp. Mm, and okay. that's why I think you're going to enjoy it. The um, yeah, it's yeah, you have to go watch it. It was a great theater movie, but I think it'll still be really good uh, on a big flat screen in your house. So give it a watch this weekend when you want to break for basketball or if you're just up late and you have Mitchell college insomnia and you're like, uh, I just need to stay up until 3 a.m. Uh, and drink Dr. Pepper, then go ahead and watch this movie because I, I loved it and I did not expect to go in loving it because Madison's like, oh my god, Harry Styles and Florence Pugh are in this movie, and it's just like, I, all right, all right, let's see. I'm, I'm gonna go because I'm a good boyfriend, but that's it, and I absolutely loved it. So, um, yeah, you're, it's it's not going to be what you're expecting it to be. Let's just put it that way. Oh, I I already know it's like the like dystopia kind of like it's supposed to be a utopia, but it's a dystopia kind of thing. Am I right about that? Okay, so you've already read about it. No, I actually just have kind of picked up on the trailer. <laughs> okay, I I, um, I picked up the dystopia like because yes, well, but, but the way it is is like I don't know. It's okay. Uh, the way it comes to bear is very interesting. All right, you know what? Here here's my promise to you. Text me by Sunday morning, and if I haven't watched it yet, you're allowed to bash me on the next episode. Okay, deal. All right. Um. Oh, and Olivia Wilde directed it. That's right. Um. I forgot about her because Jason Sudeikis' ex-wife. How dare I? Harry Styles' former girlfriend. That was the whole thing. It was like, right? She started dating Harry around the time that they started this movie, and like they were supposed to be casting uh, the guy from Transformers. Which one? Uh, Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. And apparently, there was some weird tension between, of course, Hollywood dramas like the psychological safety of. Florence was better with Harry Styles and of course it just happens that Harry Styles is dating the director so but right. he's actually really good in it too so um yeah I don't know she's Florence is one of my favorite actresses she's got crazy range oh I I've seen her I saw her little woman in Midsummer, and she's Midsommar. also in, she's also yeah thank you and then she also is in Dune 2 that comes out yes she shaved her head for Dune 2 her and um, uh, Austin Butler yeah, Austin Butler grinds my gears. Stop talking like Elvis, bro. It's been a year. Hey, some actors just get no, in that feel. Just, he talks about stop. it. He, there isn't a crazy Daniel interview. Day Lu- Daniel Day-Lewis is the most committed dude ever, and he's not walking around a year later talking like Lincoln. Well, it's also been more than a year. Not the point. Uh, he also, you also don't see Even him for worse. a year. He, goes, he also goes <laughs> yeah. into a cabin in the middle of Scotland, I'm sure, do, does nothing but just embraces a role, and then he comes out of it, and then he's like, oh, hey, what's up? So, you know, wasn't he a former Disney guy or something like that? If he is, I have no idea. I have no idea. He, I, 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 he just, he's as selective about his movie choices as Leo is. I just thought he did something when he was like, um, I don't think so. 
like Austin and Allie? Was he in that show? <laughs> oh, good God, no. Good okay. God, no. Daniel Wait, Day-Lewis no. was... All right, here we go. In 2005, after working as an extra on several television series, including Unfabulous and Drake and Josh. Okay, so not... And he was an extra. He was a... And he was uh, in Ned's Declassified for two seasons. Okay, and so I didn't was know a that. Guest star- that's where he was. Guest starring role on Hannah Montana. Uh, same year he was on iCarly. So, ha. All right. And Zoe 101. He was on all this stuff. I, I wouldn't have known that. I, that. Thank you for doing the deep dive. Because You know what? I do remember that. He got into acting late. He did get into acting late. Okay, um, Zoe 101, he was like the main love interest. So, he had a significant roles on those channels, Disney and Nickelodeon. Daniel Day-Lewis is... How old? How the heck no, old is no, Daniel no, Day-Lewis? No, no, Not Daniel Day-Lewis. Austin Butler. Oh, I was so confused. <laughs> I thought we were talking about Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> Okay, Austin <laughs> Butler, yes. Okay. You were convinced Dato Day Lewis is on Zoe 101. <laughs> I was so confused that he was on Drake and Josh. <laughs> That's the one that was bumming me out over here. Honestly, Ned's Declassified was my cutting point. I stopped <laughs> stopped listening to you after that. Uh, anyway, no, okay. Austin Butler, man. He was a, I swear to God, it was, I'm I like, knew he was a love interest. Yes, he was a love interest on Hannah Montana. I do remember that. Okay. Yeah, understand and, yeah all those shows anyways ne- never been a big austin butler guy for those That's reasons fine. and um, i will watch don't worry darling this weekend um <laughs> but don't worry nba fans uh because this we have a whole bunch of more nba playoffs to go and don't worry celtics fans because celtics gonna win game two um thanks for listening to this episode guys aaron's always great seeing you um since you didn't do it last week i'm gonna do it uh, have, go follow us on Twitter at Hooper's Almanac. Uh, listen to us on Spotify. Um, go Nuggets. Go Celtics. Uh, and have a great week, guys. See ya.